0: So it's another wonderful time on value nigeria podcast and it's a pleasure to bring the show once again to everybody listening um, hope you've had an amazing week um, this week on the podcast as we always do i have a lovely and wonderful guest i tend to meet a lot of my guests on social media i've seen his posts, I've seen interviews that he's had with local TV stations and even some foreign news media. And he's somebody who is very vast and very knowledgeable. And I'm sure our conversation this evening is going to be quite insightful. Um, I I have on the podcast this evening, Mr. Damilari Ojo. He's a senior analyst that presently works with Meristem Nigeria that has had quite vast experience with various other investment um, corporates even in the country. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, Mr. Damlary it's lovely to have you on the show this evening. Um, I'm sure people are looking forward to hearing from you. Can, can you just tell us a little bit about um, your academic and your professional background, sir?
1: Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm Damlary Ojo and um, I am an investment research analyst with uh, Maritime Securities Limited. I have a background in economics from the University of Ibadan, and um, so far, in the corporate world, I've had experience in corporate finance and um, investment research. Um, so I started, you know, my career really at at um, one of the top tier banks in Nigeria as an internal auditor before I moved on into the um, investment space, starting off with the corporate finance at a boutique financial advisory firm. And from there, I moved on to investment research, which is what I currently do. Um, and, you know, for me, I have a personal conviction that to do well in the investment space, to do well in the financial industry industry, um, it is good to have a solid background in, in investment research precisely. So that is why, you know, I've been in investment research for a while now and um essentially what I do is provide investment coverage of um um the Nigerian equities market, um the fixed income market and you know eco- the macro economy, both local and global. So those are the things I keep up of, you know, and Ultimately, the, you know my investment research work, the end goal is to provide investment advice to um, investors.
0: Wow. Thank, thank you very much for, for sharing that information with us. Um, you've said something very, very important, and it's something that I've heard a lot of my guests reiterate on this show, and that's the fact that for people who want to build a career in finance, that investment research is a very, very good foundation for them to build their careers on um it, it makes subsequent jobs within the financial industry much more straightforward mm-hmm. and easy and you've reiterated the same thing um thank you very much for yeah. that um you mentioned that you started your career with one of the um, i wouldn't say first generation banks but one of the banks big banks in nigeria and you worked in internal audits. how has that experience filtered down to your investment um practice today? What what have you taken from working as an internal auditor and brought into investing?
1: Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, you know, and for me, I see a, a sort of cut between having, you know, an audit perception into investment research because um, for investment research, what you are trying to do is to get the best value. You know, regardless of whether it is equity, whether it is um, fixed income, whether it is commodities or any other um, um, alternative investment, you are trying to get the best source of return. So if you, you know, uh, I mean, at times when I'm analyzing a company and some uh, management personnel of the company are telling you that um, we are going to, you know, do everyone and half and we are going to do this, going to do that. You know, coming from an audit background, I, I tend to discount whatever they say, you know, because one of the things that I've learned in audit is um, to have that, you know, professional mindset to not take everything at face value, right? You want to dip, you want to dive uh, down in deeper into, okay, what is the, maybe you are looking at, um, you know, an event that has happened. You want to see, okay, well, what is the cost of this event? What are the triggers that have caused that event? what you know is the um um effect which parties have that event you know um affected so in investment research now, I just have that you know that that in order to call it um professional skepticism right so I have that professional skepticism to at the back of my mind to say oh I don't want to be you know over um reactive to what the market is currently doing or what management personnel is telling you. You I want to deep you know, I want to get down deeper into what the numbers are saying, um in order to provide more insight really because that is what um audit is about. You are trying to understand um processes, you are trying to understand um what what's what's transpired in a in a particular process and how can you make that process better, you know audit is not just about the, the, the numbers, you know try, trying to catch people. You know people, a lot of people see auditors as dog watch dogs, right I mean that's essentially what the auditors are but It doesn't stop there. So part of audit is trying to understand the process, trying to put in um, controls in place on, to ensure that the process is you know um, improved upon. and I think that those are some of the qualities that have also helped me in um, investment research.
0: Oh, thank you very, very much, sir. That's a very, very concise and um, lovely answer. Um, I, I always ask my guests this, and um, it's always fascinating to know how people got drawn into the world of finance. Um, so for you, what was your experience like? Why did you decide on a career in finance? Mm,
1: great one. Um, so for me, right from when I was in school, right, I wouldn't say I made up my mind early um, in my early days in the university or at the university. But when I was, you know, going towards my final year, um, I have some friends that were that already had internship experiences in fi- financial services companies that we have around, and they come back after the break, after the internship, to share some of their experiences, and I think those are some of the things that. Um, inspired me to want to um, go into investment research. Now, for me, right from time, I've always wanted to, to do research, right? But I was more tilted towards academic research than investment research. Uh, but from the experiences that I had, some of my, you know, uh, my peers shared, then I took interest in um, in investment research. That even if I'm going to do academic research, at the, at the end of the day. This is something I should explore, and I began to, you know, study, began to read at that time about oh, what is the stock market? I didn't know about the stock market until maybe my towards the tail end of my 300 level. I didn't know much. Don't let me say I don't know it at all, right? I didn't know much um, at that time, or I mean, until towards the tail end of my 300 level. So, I began to read about the, the the finance industry, the stock market. Um, the little I could get at that point in time until I eventually, you know, finished the university and, um, got into a top tier bank, but I was still scouting for, um, investment research. I mean, it was at that point when I was in the, when I, when I was reading, um, in my, towards towards my final year that I had that, I've already made up that, uh, made up my mind on the fact that. I need to have a solid background in investment research, right? Um and everything I've done from that time um was pointing towards me getting into um that particular field. So that was how I, you know, made up my mind. That was how I found myself eventually in investment um investment research today, which I'm doing and I really um enjoying um investment research.
0: Thank you for sharing that very personal story. Um, A lot of people are listening, a lot of retail investors, people that probably think um, they don't know much as at this time. It just serves as an encouragement that if they put their hearts to it and if they determine that they can go from that state even to the very top. Going further, sir, at present, there are well over 150 companies on the floor of the Nigerian Stock Exchange, if you want to relate that with the foreign markets, there are thousands and thousands of companies out there how do you or how can one determine which companies to look at how do you filter these thousands or hundreds of companies down to one or two that you decide to do a detailed research in
1: um yes, that's um interesting so so one you know the the starting point really for um determining what to research on or what to invest in is, I would say, is one that the individual understands him or herself, right? Um, understand your investment objective, understand your um, risk return you know, profile, understand who you are as an investor. So one, if you understand your risk appetite, for instance, you would know which kind of Stocks you want to um, you should invest in. So in investments, we say high risk, high return. And if you are expecting high return, you should be expected to you know uh, prepared to take high risk. Then the kind of instrument, the kind of stock that you are going to um, be analyzing would be stocks that can you know you know that you are putting a a lot of risk into and you are expecting high return. Um, and aside that. Fundamentals of a company is very important in deciding which company to analyze, which company to invest in. So fundamentals in terms of earnings, in terms of sources of the company's revenue, for instance. So if you are someone that is concerned about regular cash flow, you want to invest in a company that you know has streams of cash flow, that has regular cash flow. You know, for instance, um, but of course, it's not an investment advice uh, when I give an instance. So, mm-hmm. for instance, you want to invest in a company like um, that is in the banking industry or the FMCGs, for instance. So, if you are concerned about cash flow, you know, you are someone that wants regular cash flow. Maybe in terms of dividends, um, you want to invest in those kind of companies that pay dividends. So, there are different things to watch out for. You know, if I'm to personalize it, so I am someone that is more long-term focused when I'm investing. So I'm investing in um, stocks that I know that they are currently undervalued, that I know in the future they are, the market can, you know, maybe um, at some point the market is going to wake up to the fact that these stocks are largely undervalued. These are the kind of stocks that I analyze um, and to see if, um, I mean, they are good investment candidates for myself. So I think the starting point in deciding which company you know to filter down to the company that you want to um, invest in is to understand yourself as an investor understand your risk return objective um understand what kind of return you are you are expecting which would also inform the kind of risk that you are willing um to take Another aspect that you know can determine what kind of companies to invest in is sector right Um, you know, still going from understanding yourself, you can then look at, okay, what kind of sectors should I invest in? Should I be investing in the consumer goods industry? Should I be investing in, um, the telecommunications industry? And even when you decided on the industry, you then need to drill down to specific companies that, um, that have characteristics that are similar to, you know, your own personal investment objective. So uh, by and large, I mean, if to summarize what I've said in answering that question, the, the one, you know, that the, the beginning point of determining what company to invest in would be to understand yourself, the kind of risk appetite that you have, and the, your, your return objective. That would be the, um, the starting point.
0: Perfect. Now, somebody listening or somebody out there may say, well, yes, he's the professional, he's the one speaking. Um, all I just want to know is what you look out for in companies before you buy them or before they eventually get into your your portfolio. Um, is there a chance that you could just highlight a couple of things or the things you look out for specifically in companies that um, qualify them for coming into your, your portfolio?
1: Yeah, okay. So I would still say that the starting point is understanding the individual, right? Your personal self. But going beyond that, some of the criteria that I would say that one should should consider um, specific for companies. One is, is in a portfolio you have different financial instruments. There could be stocks, there could be fixed income instruments as well. There could be alternative investments. But maybe now our discussion is focused on stocks, so I will limit it to stocks. Now, in deciding which companies or which stocks to include in your portfolio, I would say that you want to. Ensure that you have um, diversification, right? There's a benefit for um of diversification. Um, and what do I mean by that? So you want to look at companies that do not move together, that do not have similar business cycles, companies that are that are not affected by similar, you know, economic events. So, say for instance, you have a company in in the oil and gas industry. That company's stock can be easily affected by um happenings, say happenings in Russia, for instance, or when if there another lockdown, which anybody is not praying for anyway, or if there's any shock, let me just generally that if there's any shock in the global um economy, there could be, you know, a a drop in the price of stocks in the um oil and gas industry. But you don't expect that for a financial industry, for instance, a stock in the financial industry So you said that um, financial industry companies are usually very resilient to economic shocks, right? Um, And also you are looking at something like food and beverages companies, because the truth is people will always eat and you can always be sure that whatever happens, um, companies in that food and beverages industry are going to continue to make their money, right? cost efficiency is another thing, right? It's another story, but in terms of cash flow, you can be assured of that. So you want to ensure that you have companies that are not affected by the same economic fundamentals in your portfolio in order to enjoy that benefit that is called diversification benefit. So that is one thing to to watch out for. Another one is, um, what is your primary objective for investing as an investor? Is your primary objective dividend so if your primary objective is dividend then you should be looking out for companies that pay regular dividend and even as in doing that you want to ensure that you have um, companies that have good dividend yield because it's not just enough you know, for a company to pay um, say one dollar as dividend one dollar per share and another company is paying 50 cents per share the one that is paying 50 cents per share might have a higher dividend yield depending on the price Right, that the company is company stock is trading at. So you want to look out for the dividend yield if your objective is dividends. If your objective is long term um price appreciation, you want to look out for companies that are currently undervalued in the market. So those are the companies that you'll be looking out for. So by and large, the um criteria that you look out for, the specifics that you look out for depends on um uh, your own investment objective your investment horizon as well, are you a short-term investor? Are you a long-term investor? So if you're a short-term investor, you want to look out for companies that are share price usually move, um, you know, very fast in the market. If you're a long-term investor, you might just be looking out for companies that are um, currently undervalued in, in the market. with the hope that in the long-term, the market is going to wake up to the fact that these companies are currently undervalued and the share price are, is going to um, increase. So, um, summarily, you want to look out for sort of cash flow. You want to look out for diversification benefit. You want to look out for um, dividend benefit. You want to look out for um, long-term appreci- price appreciation um, or possibility of long-term price appreciation. Those are some of the specifics that I think that we um, um, usually look out for in determining which companies to invest in.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you once again, sir. Thank you very much. Now, you're an investment professional. I'm sure you see a lot of retail investors out there. Um, you probably hear a lot of practices that retail investors do. Are there any things that you've noticed over the years that retail investors have done wrong? Or are there steps that retail investors can take to immediately begin to see improvements in their investment returns? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would say that a lot of retail investors do wrong is to um, put all their eggs in one basket. You know, a lot of retail investors just tend to buy this one stock. Um, and because maybe the, the the company that they are investing in is a company that is, you know, in inverted commas now that is big, that has a big name in the market without necessarily understanding the fundamentals of that company. You know, and a lot of people have gotten their, you know, their fingers burnt in that process. Um so um I would say that investors should understand the company's um a company's fundamental. Don't just look at the name, don't just look at you know the past as well. So some people just look at the past. Because in investing we we usually would say that um a company's historical performance is not necessarily a reflection of the future you know history is not necessarily a reflection of the future sometimes it is sometimes it is not um you determine whether it is or it is not by understanding the fundamentals of the company you know so i think that is one thing that investors can retail investors can do to to improve their chances of um gaining more another one is that um retail investors should Speak to um, financial advisors before they make investment decisions. So, in my in my experience, I've seen a lot of investors come back to us after they are seeing some of their stocks dip. Um, they are seeing their invest, investment portfolio in the red, right? And they are wondering why that is so. Because maybe somebody has told them that, oh, any stock you buy, you uh, you would always make a gain without speaking to a a professional um, financial advisor. So um, at that point, they would then begin to worry you as the investment professional. That uh, how can you help me? You know, improve on my portfolio. I would, you know, the advice I would say here is that before you make any investment decision, try to consult your financial advisor. Speak to a professional. Don't just react to the market. Don't just um, react to the fact that oh, this company has a big name. Um, I can always buy it. You know, then another thing that retail invest some retail investors do is to um what I'll call heading, right? They just follow what the market is doing. What everybody if everybody is buying the stock, everybody, you know, retail investors also want to buy without understanding what is driving the stock, what is driving the share price of this stock, who are those buying the stock? Uh what happens if those buying now stop buying, would there be a sell off? How you know can I shield myself from that? So by and large, I would say that uh, one way for financial, I mean for retail investors to um, improve their investment returns is to always make sure that they speak to a financial in, um, advisor um, before they take investment advice. Um, I mean investment decision before they buy any stock um, or invest in the in the in the in the market.
0: Thank you. Thank you for so that. Um, very, very informative um, response. I, I hope the, the retail investors listening would, you know, take your advice to heart and then, um, you know, include it in their investing practice. Um, as we begin to gradually wind down this discussion, um, now, you've been an investing professional for years. You've developed in your process. You've become better even at it. Now, if there was a way of sending a message across to yourself maybe 10 years ago. What advice do you have for yourself, for your 10-year younger self, maybe sometime in the past? Just something to tell yourself that to do to improve um, and get better, basically.
1: (laughs) Mm, Interesting. Um, I think I would answer that in maybe two parts. One is I would have told my younger self to invest every penny that I have or maybe not every penny that you know I would have told myself that there is no amount that is too little to invest right as a a retail investor. I think that the one of the mistakes that you know my younger self you know using myself as an example one of the mistakes I've made is to have the perception that oh it is only people with millions of naira people with billions of naira that can invest. I didn't know that I could invest with as little as, say, um, $10,000, right? As little as that. I didn't know I could invest with with as little as that. So I would have told my younger self, you know, to invest with as little as I have, that there's no amount that is too little to invest with. That is one uh, part of it. Another part of it is I would have, you know, read more about the investment, in investment landscape, I would have done more research because I remember the first time I ever bought a stock, um, you know, then I was still reading about the, the market, I was still trying to understand, but the mistake I made was to uh, talk to someone that I shouldn't have spoken to and the person inv- advised me to invest in this particular company, right? And I bought the stock of that company, and before you know it, the stock uh, continued to decline. Now, coming to the present and looking back at that time, I saw that the mistake I made was I could have done more research. I could have asked more relevant questions. I could have spoken to a professional financial advisor, right? Um, so those are some of the things I would have told my, you know, myself ten years ago. Do more research. Um, speak to a professional before you take this action, before you invest, um, or take the action to invest. So those are some of the things that I would have um, told my younger self as in, uh, relating to investment. All
0: right, thank you very much. Okay. I'm just going to take you up on one final question, and that's, after you, all through our conversation, you've talked about reading, reading, and you come across as someone who pays a lot of attention to reading. Um, are there any investment books in particular maybe that you have read that made a difference to you that you want to recommend to anybody listening out there?
1: Well, um, I wouldn't say there is a particular one. Um, so for me, my, my um, focus on reading is understand a particular process and as a matter of fact, when I'm reading any book, I'm trying to relate it to whatever decision I am making, right? So if I should surprise you that some of the books that I would say I have read, they are not necessarily, you know, investment, investment um, books, but they are books that teaches uh, or that preach um, how to take decisions, how to analyze situations that is not necessarily investment-related. You know so those are some of the books that i have I have you know that I read how how do I make a decision? how do I improve on the process? and you know those are some of the things but if I'm going to um speak to a particular book, I've read a book by Dr. Ben Carson, which actually teaches about thinking in four quadrants um just to improve on the kind of the quality of decisions that you know that I make and um that um the book is called think big you know so that is a book that guides my decisions and i try to apply that to my everyday life to my investment decisions and you know things even outside my investment approach all right
0: thank you very very much it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast (laughs) this evening uh, but before I let you Thank go, you. okay. Before, before I let you go, sir, um, any last words or anything that you just want to, if you wanted to leave the retail investors listening with just one message, what would that message be?
1: Okay, so I would say, retail investor, know yourself. I mean, man, know thyself, and before you take any decision, try to consult a professional
0: absolutely absolutely spot on thank you very much for your time sir we do not take this thank you
1: very much for having me
0: and I hope probably we can bring you back to the show sometime in the future maybe to discuss uh, any events that we unfold
1: it would be a pleasure uh, all right thank you
0: very much